Welcome back to the Five Banner Banter Podcast. This is episode six of the 2022-2023 Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Evan Gerke, joined alongside my co-beat reporters, Emma Pollitz and Bradley O'Hulet. Emma, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so much, Evan. We had we had a lovely time last week with um, Matt Seabury in your chair, uh, one of our women's beat reporters and women's podcast Everyone members. knows who Matt Seabury is, Bowling Legend. They should. Bowling sure. Legend Matt Seabury. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was the boys hanging out, me, Matt, and Bradley. Yeah, some really bad energy in the room. <laughs> I, I heard rave reviews about the podcast last week. So from your parents, from the fans, right? I, you you should have seen my Twitter DMs. I had like thirty messages being like, "Wow, the podcast was so good." That's good. No, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. So Indiana last week, um, good went one and one again. First, they had that emotional loss to Michigan State on the road. Um, obviously, in East Lansing. The first game there since the the shooting that killed three students, injured five others. Um, they really rode the energy. But Indiana also kind of had a lack of road energy, um, at least in that game. And the, the guard play wasn't fully there. And the Trey Galloway and Jalen Hutchifino didn't have bad games, but pretty much everyone else wasn't where they need to be. Uh, and then ironically, um, later after that, we're, we'll contrast that game with Purdue, where thanks to energetic road play and the guards, Indiana completed a sweep of Purdue. A lot of fun to be there for that one, and, and a real big win for Indiana for a lot of different reasons outside of just being their in-state rival. And obviously, just after we talk about uh, last week's games, we'll preview the week ahead. Talk about Indiana's last two home games and regular season games, uh, a revenge opportunity after a heartbreaking loss to Iowa earlier in the year, plus another shot at Michigan on senior day. So we'll jump right into... Last week's games, Michigan State, 80-65. to 65. Indiana started really quick. After that, the wheels kind of fell off. Michigan State rode the crowd um, to that comeback win. After Indiana started so strong, what kind of – what failed for the team that they weren't able to maintain that the rest of the way? I think it was probably overall more about how well Michigan State played, um, especially in terms of their three-point shooting. It was just – off the charts that game but like you said before the energy just wasn't there you know Trace Jackson Davis had a had a good stat line but not his most dominant performance by any means and uh the guard play again wasn't as I mean on the road it's been a struggle sometimes so that wasn't really a surprising trend that continued but I think once Indiana kind of showed a little bit of just letting up that Michigan State really took advantage of that and it, it wasn't a it wasn't a bad loss I don't think it was just pretty low energy so mm-hmm. and, and Trace talked about he said that was probably his worst game in 12 13 games or I think he said his first bad game in 12 or 13 games um seven rebounds five assists 19 points which is decent uh seven turnovers as well which kind of hurt the team it, it wasn't that he played bad per se but he wasn't what we've come to expect out of trace jackson davis and in games like that you need trace at his best to pull those kind of wins off because he does so much for the team when he is playing at kind of that unstoppable level and i think it it definitely hurt indiana that he wasn't quite as good as he has been there 
but also especially the bench just nothing was nothing was coming out of them they had six bench points and that included two from anthony leal and two from cj gunn uh which all came on free throws and garbage time that's kind of that that's not something that indiana can keep up garbage time that started at like the four-minute mark, mind you, that was that was Anthony Leal's um, earliest entry to a game this season, I believe. But he had five minutes against Ohio State. Oh, so oh my gosh, I he no he. It was his second most minutes played, but I mean, Tamar Bates had 13 minutes. Jordan Geronimo had nine. Caleb Banks had eight. None of them really produced anything. Uh, Malik Renew, 13 minutes. I think how many fouls? Yeah, he had three fouls, two points. Yeah, uh, not ideal. That was also notably, I think, the first game that I noticed where Trace looked tired for long stretches. It wasn't just, oh, he's, you know, kind of shuffling over to the huddle and then he comes back out. He really did seem just not as sharp. And I think that's where the sloppiness comes and that's where you see those seven turnovers. But yeah, it was sort of, uh, you know, we love the word microcosm here at, at the Indiana Daily Student. But it did feel like we had that in this year, like five. Yeah, probably. Um it did feel like a microcosm for a lot of their road losses where it's like maybe they have a little stretch where they're showing some spunk early on, but it's just, it's sloppy. It's, uh, it's sort of an unenthusiastic defense, just not covering the perimeter uh, as fiercely as you should. The other team gets it going and there are just stretches where it feels like, like Indiana can't buy a bucket or a stop or one or the other certainly can't get both at the same time. And, you know, those games happen uh, we saw it against Maryland. We saw it weirdly against Penn State earlier in the year. That's definitely something you hope doesn't crop up more as we get into tournament play. But it is kind of part and parcel with the 2022 to 23 Indiana experience as we know it. Yeah, I mean, the the road play for the most part just has not been nearly up to par, especially compared to the play at home, which has been very good. They've only lost that one game to Northwestern, and that was by a single point. So they've got a pretty good... Um, advantage at home they just and in part of it is it's so hard to re- win on the road in the big 10 mm-hmm. i mean maryland is i think they finished the the big 10 10 and 0 at home and they're one and seven on the road i believe and it, that's just kind of how it is throughout the conference except for minnesota and kind of ohio state who still defended their home court against illinois this weekend uh, it's it's been very hard to travel um, and get a win, at least out of state for the yeah. Hoosiers. Well, and I think we saw that graphic during the game that prior to that game, Michigan State was 23-2 and at the Breslin Center against IU. So really the fact that they lost, I mean, and Michigan State was favored in that game. I think it's just the fashion in which IU lost. You know, you'd expect something closer to like the Northwestern game or, you know, even the Iowa game where it feels like they're fighting down to the wire as opposed to Anthony Leal, you know, nearly doubling his minutes on the season. Was this ever a game that IU was going to win, all things considered? Um, if you put it at a different point in the schedule, maybe. I think the biggest difference was Trace Jackson Davis looking exhausted the entire time. So, I mean, it's it's encouraging that those first few minutes, what they did there, it's not like it was like reminiscent of the Penn State game, but pretty much nothing went well in that game, at least this from Michigan State, you can walk away saying, okay, they had a strong start on the road. That's something. But I think, yes, if it's more in the early February, late January stretch. But 
yeah, the fact that we're doing all the mental gymnastics to try and come up with that scenario, probably a good indicator that that late season Big Ten road game is just a monumental feat to overcome. Plus just the the situation with Michigan State yeah, and returning to the Breslin Center and how, I mean, you saw Tom Izzo in tears, I think at multiple points throughout that game. So yeah. um, it was always just going to be so hard for Indiana to go in there and, and steal one from Michigan State and it's like I think Emma said earlier, it's not a loss that you really should be too disappointed with. Um, if you're going to look at positives, I mean, Trace got a little bit more rest than he had in a while. Yeah. yeah. I think it was, <laughs> I think he's had like two Big Ten games where he's played 35 minutes or less, and that was one of them. Um, he hasn't played like that few minutes outside of like Kansas. He played 29, I think. So that was probably the worst game he was referring to before that one. It's it's possible. I mean, he's, order, yeah. So but so Indiana goes on the road, does not play that well, doesn't really have the energy they need, and then they go to Purdue. A mm. uh, little bit of a shorter road trip for them from um, Bloomington to West Lafayette. However, it is basically the most hostile environment that Indiana will ever face on its schedule. Well, you weren't at the Cintas Center, but sure. <laughs> All right. If you want to if you want to tell me the Cintas Center was more hostile than Mackey Arena, which notably Bradley, you were not at. Yeah. I I think that leaves it up to me then, and I will go with the Cintas Center. All right. <laughs> there you go, Evan. Okay. People have spoken. So the second most hostile environment that they could face. <laughs> Jalen Hujafino. I mean, I don't have really the adjectives to describe how well he played against Purdue. I think that Jalen Huchafino is at his best when the team needs him because obviously Trace Jackson Davis wasn't getting anything offensively. Jalen Huchafino was so good at creating his own shots that sometimes when, you know, Trace is playing well, maybe Miller Cop, Trey Galloway are shooting well, maybe some of those are forced and you might shake your head at what Jalen Huchafino um, chooses to do. But that was just a perfect scenario because especially with Edie, like Edie's not going to come out on a ball screen and try to guard or like hedge at Jalen Huchafino. So that, that was, it went perfectly for him because that's the most dominant part of his game is mid range off pick and roll. So he did exactly what he needed to do and then a lot more. So that was just unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. I mean, unbelievable probably gets thrown around as a word too much, but there were definitely a lot of shots where it was like, oh, that just that just dropped. And like we've seen him take that shot countless times and just brick it. So it really felt like he was just like on another plane of existence. Uh, and I would like to add, you know, we do our little uh, weekly predictions. Uh, last week I did, I believe I projected a really, really big game for Jalen Huchifino. Now, granted, I also projected that he would have food poisoning, specifically from a little farmer's breakfast at West Lafayette Establishment. There's no proof he didn't. That's true. That's true. They could have been covering it up. He does seem to play his best when he's ill with a one-game sample size at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't put it past him. But, but no, yeah, it was truly ridiculous and. You know, it wasn't even the kind of thing where it's like Indiana needed every single one of his points. I mean, obviously they appreciate all of them, but Indiana ended up winning by, you know, they were leading by double digits down the stretch. And 
you know, two garbage time threes from Purdue kind of oh, cut yeah. it into to single digits. Yeah, and it's like, you know, Miller Cop and Trey Galloway were also having good games. Trace was heating up near the end. And, you know, Jalen cooled off a bit, but it felt like they needed everything he could give in that first half just to allow time for Trace to get going and for other players who were having enough an off night to kind of like, uh, of you know, revert to the mean of their usual performance. Yeah, it got to the point where I was sitting next to... Um, the inside the hall writers, the student, the two student writers. And every time Jalen would hit one of those jumpers, I just kind of would look at them and shake my head. Like it, it got to the point where it didn't feel realistic what he was doing. And then he just kept doing it over and over and over again. Um, and then trace after the game, he said, coach was, coach Woodson was trying to draw up plays to go to him. And trace is like, no, let's stick with the hot hand, which is like incredible leadership from a guy who is, battling for player of the year uh consideration honestly probably lost that battle uh on saturday if he hadn't but already yeah it, it, yeah if he hadn't already i think that really kind of put it to to rest i still think he'll probably finish second in voting but Edie might win unanimously now um but i mean that's just how like for a freshman to go into Mackey arena oh, yeah. and do that is unbelievable and painter said that as well he's like we'll probably never see something like that again i mean just the confidence and poise that he showed not only improved but has shown all season is is somewhat unrealistic um it, it's it is kind of one of a kind it is why he continues to climb up the projections in the nba uh draft uh why he's getting whispers of being a lottery pick at this point he was by far the best player on the court uh, against purdue and that you know they've got two freshman guards of their own and and what he continues to do is blowing everyone out of the water it's it's incredible yeah there have been games this year where it kind of feels like okay you know here's this freshman he's you know playing a little off kilter kind of jacking up jacking up shots and then the other day it was like oh how how nice of the sacramento kings to just lend iu their starting guard <laughs> like that's so chill of them it, he just it's like he was playing in a completely different sport you know playing against middle schoolers out there on some possessions and you know there are a few things more exciting in college basketball than like the just absolute baller freshman and so, you know, good good for IU fans for getting to witness that on a huge stage against a rival they haven't beaten on their home court in 10 years. Mm-hmm. It was j- remarkable. Yeah, and and we, we've talked so much about how we're getting the last of Trace Jackson Davis, so enjoy it while you can. We're probably getting the last of Jalen Huchifino right now, so enjoy that while you can too. And the, the Jalen Huchifino ride has been a little bit more hot and cold, but that is because he's a freshman. But when he gets hot, watch out like it is it has been and even against northwestern that loss he dropped 33 one upset and a win against purdue the stuff he's doing is is going to make him a name to remember um it'll be someone who in a couple of years will probably have a pretty impressive uh nba career at least at the beginning of it yeah back to the trace thing to um what you were talking about he said post game he had a quiet game like there's no doubt about that not his usual scoring output, but he did not have a bad game by any means because he wasn't forcing anything. Like, I don't think he took a bad shot. It, it just wasn't like they they shut him down a little bit, but he shot 50% from the field. And the fact that he wasn't trying to get the ball in those late game scenarios, like, again, that shows really good leadership and just self-awareness. So, And he still finished with 10, 8, and 7. He's yeah. still on triple-double watch. I mean, it was just it was just super impressive stuff from the whole team. 
um, to, to get that sweep in Mackey to beat Purdue twice in a season for the first time in 10 years, that has to be the best game of the year for IO. Yeah, I think. I mean, yes. Yeah, the answer is definitely yes. At this point in the season, with no the jokes about the Centos Center again. Well, I mean, that Xavier that Xavier win was huge at the time because it was IU's first true road win. And it, it looks better all the time now because yeah. they're still playing so well. Um, but no, yeah, this and kind of the common theme throughout both Purdue games. Now, obviously, Jalen was the big story here, but it was role players stepping up. One team's role players and rotational players really came to play, and the others didn't quite as much. And that was the difference. Uh, the only difference this time is IU's big star was not who we expected. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, if you can get those kind of performances out of your team, that's a testament to not just the individual performances, but also coaching. And, you know, uh, I was about to say last night, two days ago, Saturday, is sort of uh, a reaffirmation of why Indiana got Mike Woodson and what he could bring. And, you know, two years in, got a 3-1 and record against Purdue. That's about as good a measuring stick as you can put up. I was surprised to still see Purdue at number five in the rankings this morning. I thought just because they had been slipping so much that, um, yeah, I guess it's really just it's valuing a, a lost Indiana pretty high because you lose Indiana, it's not worth taking you down in the rankings. But just the the, the form that they've been in, it, it feels like the book is out on Purdue. Um, it has become clear on how to beat them. So I was just surprised not to see them kind of fall a bit um, and get punished for their recent performances. Yeah. I mean, they are still one of, it looks like, maybe five or six teams that have five losses or fewer. So you're not going to see them slide that much, I suppose. But I, I do agree with you. It is. I, it feels like a lot of the voters are maybe putting in faith in what Purdue can be versus what they are right now. And granted, I realize I'm saying this as someone who goes to Indiana, a team that is constantly evaluated on what it could be and not what it is. But no, I, I would I would agree with you there. It, it seems a little suspect. I think it does help. Um, Arizona lost, Texas lost. Those are guys kind of that were right behind Purdue. Virginia dropped seven spots. Um, so the the teams that would have maybe passed Purdue had they had a better week. Um, they, they stumbled because because of their performances as well. So Yeah, Purdue's kind of in that category right now of having a slight – I don't want to call it a collapse because, like, still a top-five team in the country according to the rankings, but I think they've lost four out of their last five or something. Four out of six. Four out of six. Four yeah. out of Dating six, back yeah. to their first game with Indiana, right. which also didn't move them down in the polls at all. Right, from number one, exactly. So And, like, I, I was watching the Virginia game, too – before uh, the Purdue game started, but they it kind of reminds me, those two teams kind of reminded me of each other because they had such strong starts, only had, you know, one, two losses going into the heat of conference play, and now it's just not really, they're not trending in the right direction right now. I'll put it that way. To be fair to Purdue, um, those last six games, lose to Indiana at home, who has only lost one game at home all season, Be Iowa at home at Mackey, um, lose to Northwestern and Evanston, who has been who very hasn't? good this season. Who among us <laughs> hasn't had an embarrassing loss at Lost to Maryland in Maryland, again, 10-0 in conference play at home, beat Ohio State pretty handedly, lose to Indiana on the road. So honestly, out of that stretch, the worst loss is Indiana and Mackey. Um, so I like again, Purdue, I guess their losses aren't, bad losses they're losing yeah. to the teams at the top of the big 10 if those losses had been sprinkled out throughout january and february 
we'd probably be having a much different conversation. I mean, Indiana had a three-game losing streak earlier in the year and was, you know, one and two in their last three prior to Purdue. It's very easy to let a very small sample size drastically sway your opinion. I think once we get into the tournament, the Big Ten tournament, we see these teams on neutral courts facing each other. That's a chance for Purdue to remind people, like, hey, this is why we were number one for the better part of the season. Mm-hmm. Or remind people that maybe they shouldn't have been number one. Exactly. One yeah. of the two. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm assuming you guys saw the um, the like schedule breakdown of, of how much easier Purdue's schedule has been. They, yeah. they had home and, home and aways against the bottom four teams on the conference, so I think Indiana only played them each once, mm-hmm. which is going to benefit you yeah. as well. But So I don't know. Well, Who I, am I to say? I don't have a vote in the eight people. I think with your initial question, like, is this Indiana's best win? I think it definitely – well, I think, one, it is their best win. Um, I think that if you take the second half of this game and the first half of the first Purdue game, if you strung those together, that would be near flawless basketball. Like, that just is such a beautiful thought in my mind. But anyways, I think that it – like, yeah, Trace Jackson Davis probably just lost out on player of the year because of that game. But it shows so much about Indiana as a team. Like, that going into March, they can handle – like, I I would go so far as to call that – on Saturday, I would call that a pretty dominant win based on what they did in the second half. And to do that without Trace Jackson Davis making half of his normal impact, like, that's – Almost unfathomable, but it it just it speaks volumes about the team, I think. Yeah, I can't wait for the NCAA tournament when we find out whether the Big Ten was actually good or they just kept beating one another. It's the latter. We, yeah. also, all, spoilers, <laughs> it's the latter. We get to the round of 32 and it's like, oh, uh, it's just Rutgers and no one else? That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I think three Big Ten teams are ranked this week, Indiana, Purdue, and Maryland. Northwestern's receiving votes after lost to Maryland so yeah, yeah it's I mean, I'm yeah I'm, I'm getting the feeling the the champion is going to either come from the big 12 or maybe the SEC or the American Pac-12 Conference or UCLA Big East there we go that's the one you're looking for are you looking mm. for Marquette need I remind you which conference had three teams in the sweet or not not the sweet 16 the elite eight last year Okay, well, last year doesn't count for anything. But what happened in the Big Ten last year? Okay, who did Purdue? We first? we all just said the Big Ten is bad. I know. <laughs> that was not the argument. I'm just saying this happens every tournament. The ACC is dominant. That is all good night. Well, yeah, I mean, when you have blue bloopers, they're going to clean apologist. up the NIT. Duke and North Carolina, oh, my gosh. What? They're going to put up a banner. Okay, Duke, I, never mind. I can't start on this. Duke is trending in the right direction, as is Northwestern. Most brightest, what? futures in the country right I now. I you're about to say like the brightest academic institutions. That also, yes, but also best basketball teams in the country right now. Sure. Uh, <laughs> weird stance to take, but sure, why not? All right, let's move ahead to this week. Uh, final week of the season, two home games. You've got Iowa and you've got Michigan. Um, for those listening, Iowa will be this evening. It'll be a Tuesday on this publication. What are you about to say? I was just about to say it's Tuesday, which... Blew my mind. I was so confident that that game was Thursday. I made dinner plans. It's, yeah, I was going to make soup, bro. <sighs> Not the soup. My soup nights. You know I have these soup nights. And unfortunately, instead, you're going to have Jersey Mike subs in a box. I'll take a Jersey Mike. In Mike's. the bowels of Assembly Hall. Just don't give me, me honeybake. Don't give me a Chick-fil-A where 
certain unnamed student media members show up and take two boxes. All I'm saying is when the revolution starts, y'all are getting eaten first. <laughs> They've got some extra meat on their bones from the second box. Of yeah, no, exactly. So, dude, I would blame. I think it was I think it was a baseball presser that day. That's who you really got to blame. It's no, I still kids. I still blame the people who took who took two. Okay, because they took both them and the baseball people took one more than they were supposed to, but uh, only one took two. Okay. Uh, so Iowa's first. Uh, Hawkeyes have had IU's number. It feels like the last few years. Um, some some close battles. Obviously, earlier this season, it kind of came down to the end, as well as the Big Ten tournament last year. That buzzer beater that shattered the hearts of Hoosier fans everywhere. Yeah, an Iowa buzzer beater hurting Indiana. Go figure. Why'd you have to bring it up? I'm, dude. I we can talk later about our plans to eject the state of Iowa into the sun. <laughs> but for now, I feel like we should try and maintain some journalistic integrity. <laughs> So, uh, Hawkeyes have had IU's number. Last time was kind of a shootout, one of the higher scoring games I think Indiana's played all season. What do they need to do going into this week um, to get over the Hawkeye hump, if you will? I won't. <laughs> I absolutely um, won't. I would say avoid any knee shatterings of their veteran players. Yes, maybe they could have. They could not do that. Um, maybe a, a repaired foot coming back. We've been talking about this for so long. We have, but I have the brief ready to go. I updated the brief today. Uh, for if it's more less of a brief win. now, more of a long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, I had to change it from <laughs> ten missed games to at least eighteen missed games. Mm, nice. Yeah, but uh, cue the spooky music because, you know, you never know when he'll be back. Um, I, well, in all seriousness, both of Indiana's last two losses to Iowa have been pretty heartbreaking for different reasons. Um, I don't even, God, that was back when I was in sorority jail. <sighs> if that you, was Well, that was over break. We were all home. Well, yeah, well, I, was in blue. I was here. You were here. I was I was in, in good old Portage, Indiana. I mean, if. To our listeners, if you remember this past Iowa game, it really started kind of a horrible downward spiral for Indiana. Just for just for a little bit, though. Just for yeah, three, games. three games. But, but three um, dark games. Three yeah. very painful games. Um, Imagine telling someone Indiana scores 50 points in the first half and they lose. Yeah. I Look, this is a, this is a home game. Race Thompson is back. <laughs> um... Hopefully, I mean, they're coming off a really, really strong win. Um, I don't, I mean, there's definitely, like, there could be cause for concern just in the fact that Iowa is playing well as of Saturday when they had a nice comeback against Michigan State. But um, I'm not worried about this one for Indiana. I've got the stats pulled up from that game. It was I, I like I knew it was a close game. It was ninety one to eighty nine was the final score. It was remarkably close all the way around. Indiana hit one more field goal on six less shots. Um they hit one more three pointer on four less shots. The difference came down to pretty much to free throws. Iowa hit twenty two of twenty five, Indiana hit seventeen of twenty six. Oh, you know what else happened that I just remembered the whole Fran McCaffrey thing. Yeah. The crossing half court thing. Well, that's every game is the Fran McCaffrey thing yeah, happened. That, that's just sadly. That was also a good Jalen Hutchfino performance. 21 points, nine assists on the road in 37 minutes. Uh, and Trace had 30 points and nine rebounds. Um, I, I, I genuinely 
like if Ray Thompson plays more than ten minutes, if his if his knee holds up, that's probably a game that Indiana he, wins. He was playing so well until he went down. Nine points in ten minutes. Yeah. He was yeah, he was having a game. I mean but I mean like Tamar Bates had eight points off the bench. Trey Galloway had six. I guess that would have been No, he would have been starting like nah, who did start that game? Was Tamar starting that game? I would uh, um, I think no, I think that was Trey, because remember they started Tamar. Actually, what am I talking about? I don't <laughs> Why know. do we just check? Uh, <laughs> if only there was some way. <laughs> I got it. Hold on. D- don't you worry. On court. Boom. It was Tamar Bates. He started. Damn. <laughs> Try to be into it. I looked at Tamar Bates' season stats. I got gotcha. you. He started that game in Northwestern. Those have been his only two starts of the season. And then since then, his minutes have kind of dwindled. Um, he oh, had 27 weird. against Michigan State, 25 against Maryland, uh, 11 against Purdue. Um, and it's not like he scored zero points in four of his last five games. Yeah, I was going to say, why are you keeping on a, a guy on a bench? That's a reliable triple single out there <laughs> just waiting to happen. He's had a lot of zero-point games this year. It's tough. I Yeah, we could we could easily have full podcasts on just, hey, why is such and such a player just virtually non-existent? Um, sort of the Anthony Leal hour special, but... We try to stay positive. We really here. do. We really do. <laughs> and, no, I mean... Same thing Emma's been saying, like, Race's knee will uh, presumably remain intact, as will all Knock the major bones and ligaments of um, IU's players. But, you know, I I had a, a betting line pulled up, and now it seems to have vanished. I assume Indiana's going to be favored. I would as well. Um, it's just, it's really hard to win in Assembly Hall. And... Indiana, obviously, it's tough to win at Purdue. That's obviously an emotional draining game. But, yeah, they're favored by five and a half. So yeah. I also will assume that they're not going to put Jordan Geronimo on Chris Murray again. Uh, that did not go well at all. Uh, I, I well, think it was race guarding yeah, him until the injury. Um, Chris Murray had 30 points and 10 rebounds. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you just slow him down a little bit, you're in, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I think Chris Murray's going to get his. Indiana's strategy, by and large, has not been shut down the star it's been shut down everyone around the star which has worked twice against purdue yeah no totally and so the jordan rule yeah sorry (laughs) you know i I bought that book i think i had that book for christmas a couple years ago i still haven't read it Mm. jordan rules yeah i I don't know i've got a lot of books that i haven't read if i may have you ever read um they actually i think they did a a screenplay of it but have you ever read the michael jordan documentary space jam I saw the smile forming on Bradley's face about halfway through that joke. I could not tell where it was going. An autobiography by yes. Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's true. I think he had I think he had some creative control in that. Might have taken some liberties. Um they took out the scene where him and Bugs Bunny uh shoot craps and gamble. Anyway, um we're not here to talk about Michael Jordan's gambling addiction. We're here to talk about Indiana basketball. And I think they'll probably win against Iowa. I mean, Evan, what is your feel? Do you feel something differently than Emma and I on this one? I don't think so. Yeah. No, it's... My, my thing is, one of the things that I love the most in life is when things come full circle. So this would just be kind of a full circle moment-ish in terms of if they can win this game, then it might be symbolic of... Um, the turnaround they've had. Yeah. That was also the first game where Trace just really kicked it into gear. Like at it was the first game of 2023, I think. So. It was, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, and that just kind of started his tear as like putting the team on his back, a game in and game out. Mm-hmm. And recently, he hasn't necessarily had to all the time. No, he hasn't. Uh, then the second game this week, 
Sunday they have Michigan for Senior Day. Um, honestly, I had to check this morning because I could not remember if Indiana beat Michigan at Michigan or not. Yeah, they did. 62-61. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, 28 points, 11 rebounds. Another 21-point performance from Jalen Hutchfino. So And Miller Cop clutch perimeter defense. That's right. He had, I think, three whole points that game. He did. But he had two defensive possessions down at the very end where – Michigan could have scored, and that was part of that five-minute, twelve-second drought where Michigan did not score once. Mm-hmm. So, less to talk about on the game on this one. I think uh, this, I, I would feel pretty good about Indiana um, unless Trace is really feeling not fully alive, um, battling against Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, it's his last game. In it it is Hall. his last game in Assembly Hall. Um, not that that means anything, but no, it does for him. I'm sure. Yeah, it's, this is. I mean, he's got a chance in the next couple games to break the rebound record. He already has the block record. Um, those games plus even just one Big Ten tournament game and one NCAA tournament game, he could easily move into third in scoring. Um, assuming he gets more than one in either of those tournaments, he probably will pretty easily moving to move into the to third in scoring. Um, his career has just been so impressive to watch at a time where Indiana has not been all that good. Um, He will, his reputation, obviously there's still a lot left to be played this year, but his reputation might be tarnished by the fact that he is not bringing home the hardware as much as some of these players in the past have. But Trace will be remembered as probably a top five, top 10 Indiana basketball player of all time. The stuff he's, especially this year, the stuff he's been doing has just been so remarkable um, and Sunday should be exciting for his, his last game at Assembly Hall. It should be a really good crowd. He should get a lot of applause for a senior day speech. It should be a good time. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this much just about his individual legacy, I guess. It would definitely help if he did win a Player of the Year award, which I still think he's he's probably going to win the Power Forward of the Year award. But, like, I, you can't, like, he's one of the most – electrifying and entertaining athletes to watch in college basketball like when people remember trace jackson davis they're gonna remember like feeling like excited about indiana basketball that's just really that stands out to me so as someone who's been lucky enough to cover him this year looking back on you know when i'm when i'm an old man covering whatever else or retired or whatever covering yourself in a warm blanket yeah <laughs> that's a good one um like remembering covering indiana basketball during my college days it will be trace jackson davis and and just how much he has done for indiana this season especially yeah and the other thing that stands out is like he has been the best player on this team for four straight every single year he's been here um I, w- I was lucky enough to uh, also cover IU my sophomore year. I think there was a clerical error when they were assigning beats, so I got to be the columnist <laughs> as a sophomore. But I remember at the time being like, wow, Trace is so good at basketball. He's the best player on this team. Like, how could he get better? And he's, like, so much better than he was Yeah, then. Like, he would smoke his past self in a one-on-one. And, you know, when you talk about, like, the the greats, so to speak, it's not just how good they are. It's can they improve? Um, now, obviously, there are probably people who would point to like how he has still hasn't developed anything resembling a jump shot. Who cares? Truly, who cares? He does literally everything. He hasn't needed to... one. No, yeah, that, like not once has he needed one. Yeah, he's averaging twenty points within like you know five feet of the basket. So 
Yeah. I and know. he's it's also, when he goes out to the perimeter, which he's been doing this year, he can just drive past the defender to score. He Giannis is a esque. point forward. <laughs> oh, we love a little point, Trace. Yep. Oh, my gosh. I that You know what, Bradley? That is a good point that you bring up because I always used to think about that when I was playing basketball. Like, would myself right now beat myself from a year ago? So that's just really enlightening. Would you right now beat any beat your like most recent full season incarnation? Right now? Yeah. No. If you lay step right now. No, but I did the other day just go outside to the spruce basketball course just to shoot around because it was nice outside. And I made 50 free throws in a row, so that was pretty impressive. Sorry, what? (laughs) The most I ever made in high school was 57, so I'm impressed. Yeah, a lot of people don't, like, they don't know this. They don't know who we are, uh, what we look like. Emma can ball. Like... (laughs) Emma's 6'10". Yeah, Emma's 6'10", 250, with a mean step back. This is actually um, Miller Cop with a voice filter on, but... Uh... I'm not tall enough to reach the microphone, so Emma has to just hold me in front of the mic. <laughs> it's a joke. I'm, I'm average height, guys. Uh, but no, Emma can ball. As, yeah. we, as we talked about earlier in the year, Emma knows ball. Evan and I know buffoonery. <laughs> this is true. And that's carried us thus far. I know writing. Bradley knows buffoonery. And that's why he is such a good columnist. <laughs> yes, exactly. Where the writing is sort of optional. So we also have three other players having their senior nights. Um, I'm assuming I don't. they don't have any more eligibility. They don't have a so. choice. <laughs> yeah. All three of them. Uh, Ray Thompson, who had one last year. Xavier Johnson, who may or may not be back. And Miller Kopp, who may or may not be Emma's favorite player of all time. Uh, I'm going to kind of spring this one on you guys. One sentence about each of their legacies. Um, We talked about Trace's legacy, but uh, do we want to do start with race in each side of sentence, or do we want to, Bradley, do you want to do all three? No, we should go player by player. Okay, so let's start with uh, Race Thompson. Either of you want to begin? I'll start by saying that last year as – a fan and not a writer, I did sob during Race Thompson's senior night, especially because of Ron <laughs> what Ron Harper Jr. had just done. Yeah. But um yeah, um I think that now oh god, I really don't want to say this about Ra- it's just so like cliche, like just like a workhorse, I guess. Yeah. Uh defensive stalwart. Absolute hoss. Never emerged maybe as the star that some would have hoped, but someone that will be remembered so fondly by so many. Uh, In 15 years, when Bradley and I are texting, he will be one of the top of Remember Those Guys for Indiana basketball. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's a good way to look at it. That is is who he is. He is the glue guy. Mm -hmm. Archie's last recruit, who is still on the team, and it will be like, remember Race Thompson. Yeah. What, like in anyone's list of Indiana men's basketball players, will yeah. be on that list. Uh, Xavier Johnson. Bradley, you want to start? Um, at times, frustratingly inconsistent, but a constant bolt of energy and swagger. And his injury this season will be go down as uh, one of the bigger what-ifs of Indiana basketball in this decade. Yeah, I was going to say fiery. He's just so, like, aggressive, so, like, quick and athletic on the court, which is just, like, I I feel like that's just a part of his personality, though. Like, he's so energetic all the time and, like, feels very, very passionate about everything he's doing. Even, like, 
we've oh, this has honestly been one of the most encouraging parts of his injury is just seeing how engaged he is like on the bench like he he got a technical at illinois yeah. i'm pretty sure yeah. so um and like seeing him like still like shooting and like trying to warm up with people and like getting in people's faces during games like that's what you want to see out of someone who is one of your oldest players even though he's you know he's only been here for a little less than two seasons but I think he's just such a passionate basketball player yeah Bradley kind of took mine with the biggest what if really the decade that's that was what I was thinking I also think he'll be remembered as um, one of the biggest reasons that Indiana men's basketball has a turnaround in this century, mm. not century, I guess I should say this decade. Um, he was incredibly vital to Mike Woodson yes. having success in his first two seasons, not only as a player, but also, like you said, as kind of an off the court leader. Um, I don't think Indiana would be in the position it is. I don't think Mike Woodson would be in the position he is if it wasn't for Xavier Johnson. He's a spark. Yep. Yeah. I, and I think just going back to last season, this is what I remember about watching IU's tournament run. First of all, wouldn't have made it to the tournament without Xavier Johnson. Like, I don't think there's any question about that. I think multiple people have said that, too. Mm-hmm. But I think watching that as a fan, even though they lost in the round of 64 after winning that play-in game, like, I don't really know if people were super disappointed. I think they knew that that was the first step that – Indiana and Mike Woodson had to take to kind of breathe new life into the program. And Xavier Johnson was the biggest part of that postseason run. Uh, and then last but not least, Miller Cop. Um, I'll start on this one. Let Emma finish last. Only fair. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Miller is one of those guys who went from maybe the most hated Indiana player of recent years to the most loved Indiana player of recent years, um, which helps when you start hitting way more of your threes as a three-point specialist. He will he'll be the kind of guy I feel like who gets a standing ovation when he comes back to an Indiana men's basketball game in five years. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um primal, extremely confident, possibly insane. But and granted, this is probably me reading into things too much. This is this is someone who I do not know personally, but genuinely just kind of seemed like a solid dude who happens to be six seven and can hoop. And that's, yeah, just a dude, just a dude who can hoop. Yeah, about the, like, standing ovation thing, I was at Gainbridge in, like, early November watching the Champions Classic, and Miller Cop was there, too, because um, one of his former teammates transferred to Duke, so he was supporting him. But they showed, they showed, Jason Tatum was there, too. They showed Jason Tatum on the Jumbotron, People clap, you know. They show Miller Cop right after, and people start screaming around <laughs> me. Like, all of these, like, Indiana guys that just, like, came down or, like, you know, middle school, middle schoolers, high school kids that live in Indy or whatever, like, screaming for Miller Cop. Like, yeah, primal. Like, all this <laughs> stuff. Like, after Jason Tatum, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I think that kind of epitomizes, like, the the impact he's had on Indiana basketball after being here for only two years, so I think like if I, if I had one word to describe his legacy, it would just be about his personality because yeah. he's such like a 
such like a goofy person off the court as we all see like on social media but he is like I just saw a TikTok of Trace saying this so this is valid I promise but he said that Miller's like by far the hardest working person on the team so just like I I think he helps like getting people engaged like you just want to learn like you learn more about Indiana basketball through Miller Cop because of the things that he says the things that he shows you like if I want to see a random video of Trey Galloway dancing on a bus who am I going to go to Miller Cop like yeah, stuff yeah. like that no I I think in this in a day and age when even with the advent of social media and everything at a place like Indiana it is very closed doors closed doors um players are not always allowed to shed much of their personality which makes sense it is they are the idea that these are amateurs, it's not. Like, this is a business. They are unemployed employees doing a job. So I get it, why it feels, like, sterile at times. But Miller Cop at times, is very refreshing just in the sense that he'll goof around in interviews. He'll... Oh, uh, my God. I forgot. It's been so long. Do you forget the TikTok? Yes, yeah, I the media world. His, He has been my favorite post-game presser. Whenever he's up, oh, like... he's so One, good. because it is fun when he says things like marinating chicken. But two, because, like... If someone asks him a question on a freshman's development or on Trace, like his answers are so well thought out yeah. and so quotable. Um, yeah. And it gives you a really good look at both his teammates and just kind of the kind of person he is. Yeah. And I think like you have that like teammate perspective, analytical perspective, just about like the X's and O's of the game, like him watching. Dude's going to kill it on Big Ten Network in a couple of years. <laughs> oh my I don't gosh. think he'd want to do that. No, I'm not sure he would. But He's going to like think he'd run a really golf course. <laughs> I think you do a good job as an analyst or studio host. Uh, oh my gosh, I would tune in every single day. Oh my gosh, but no. yeah. Oh wow, what was I gonna say? Never mind, I forgot. One more thing uh, before we get to predictions, uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention that Michael Ship and Nathan Childress are also both seniors. Um, I I guess technically they have a COVID year; they have an extra year of eligibility. I don't know if walk-ons tend to take that. Um, I also don't know if they'll be going through senior night. Um, however, would either of you like to say anything about the legacies of Michael Ship and Nathan Childress? I would like to reminisce on the one thing I remember about either of them from a combined two years, and that yep. is Nathan Childress dunking against... Oh, I thought you were going to talk um, about something else. Oh, oh, no. The you, Roach? Yeah, you can talk about... <laughs> the Stogie? It was against um, whoever Indiana played in their second exhibition game. He had just a massive kind of poster talk at the end of that game. So that's it. <laughs> yeah. Was it... Illinois. What, was that... It, it was yeah. Illinois in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, Illinois in the Big Ten tournament. Childress? Yeah. Yes. Childress uh, uh, pantomiming... <laughs> smoking a cigarette <laughs> and throwing it on the ground truly insane behavior when you haven't contributed a single minute to the game but uh yeah do i know which of them is which could i pick either of them out in a crowd no i might have seen one at upstairs in a Bengals jersey couldn't tell you which one went to a cincinnati school but i know that people get so hyped for them and they are sort of a diet race thompson in the vein of belovedness <laughs> diet do you guys remember last year? I might just be imagining this because of my love for Race Thompson last year, but I think there was a point where Race got louder cheers than Trace Jackson Davis last year. Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah there's. I mean, there's less on you when you're not the star. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, headband race this year. What a oh, what wow. a beautiful yeah. thing to have. You know. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
Can I, uh, Chip and Childress. Yeah, no, my no, last no, thing. Yeah, um, as someone it. who got the pleasure to interview both of them for a story that I'd wanted to do for several years, um, both lovely guys, both kind of unappreciated in the grand scheme of things. Everyone loves to make jokes of like, oh, there's a there's a breeze, chilies on the court. Um, but like they generally do put in a lot of work. And um, I was glad to kind of give them some of that recognition um, through that story. But, um, you know, they're they're under the radar. They, they do a lot for the program and they don't get really the recognition that they probably deserve. And at this point, Bradley would like to step in and say uh, we do not know any of these people personally. <laughs> and if in the near future, any of them are indicted of any heinous crimes of any variety, uh we're sorry we endorsed them, but for now we're just saying it's probably fine. One of one of the six of them has been indicted for a crime, charged for a yes. crime, but no one got hurt. No predictions. <laughs> My prediction is that in three months Nathan Childress will be no. Um, no, it's like at the end of those movies, <laughs> like like biopics. <laughs> it's just them all in their mug shots for like. <laughs> I actually this is this is reaching on defamation, but X player, you know, XYZ player was involved in a Ponzi scheme. He sold an NFT to, you know, like elderly people and took their money. <laughs> Does anyone have any predictions for this week? I think Trace is gonna score a lot of points. I don't know. Like Well, you would have been wrong if you said that last week. So Emma. <laughs> Sorry. Well, um, what's your definition of a lie? He scored twenty nine. That's most of pretty much anyone other than Jalen Hutchavino. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean Miller Cop came close to that. But, Did uh, he? Yeah. Nineteen combined points. That's uh, not twenty nine. Well, okay, my prediction is that I'm coming up with this on the spot right now. Um that Jalen Huchafino will lay a goose egg against Iowa. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Um, not actually, but I think he'll be held the single digits in one of these two games. But on a more positive note, um, maybe, you know, maybe a race Thompson 14-8 and eight game. Hmm. Why uh, not? I also have a race Thompson prediction. Um, during his the senior day recognition, as he gets called up, he's going to grab the mic and do the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. <laughs> and just like announce that he got another redshirt year and come back for a seventh season. Yeah, the injury against Iowa actually gave him that eligibility. He sat out enough games. <laughs> NCAA told him he doesn't have any eligibility left. And he said, I don't care. <laughs> he just continues to play. there. Do you guys know what the highest grossing movie was when Race Thompson joined the Indiana program? Can you give me a year slash month? 2017. Was it still Titanic? No, it would have been Avatar. Well, no, I think she means like... Oh, oh that uh, year. Uh, Never yeah, mind. I was sorry. thinking of all time. Um, Are we just talking 2017 or like the July. month? July. Like in the summer. Ooh, so the summer. Twenty. Yeah. I mean, it could have been like a whatever Marvel movie. I was going to say the first like new Star Wars movie. I'm going to say Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, it was Spider-Man oh, Homecoming. Oh, wow. Let's that was really go. good. Which, like, Race Thompson has played through an entire trilogy of Spider-Man movies. So that's I, I promise you guys, Emma didn't write down the answer on our script so that Bradley could say it to get that moment. Promise. <laughs> no, but she did pass it to me on a note card. Uh, and my prediction is also Race Thompson. We're going to see tie-dye headband Race Thompson. Oh. From blood or? No, just like, just like tie-dye. Okay. Are are you talking just like a, a random tie dye, or like they're gonna wear the like honoring black excellence? He's gonna match the the flowers to the tie dye in his headband. It'd be cool if he did that. I just think he's gonna step up his headband game for the for senior day. I have no basis for this. Or he could borrow the Sarah Scalia headband, the, the, the pink like tie headband. Yeah, yeah. that would look good. Like that Jimmy Butler used to wear all the time. Yeah, like got band outlawed. in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good times. That'd be fun. Yeah. 
This has been the Five Banner Banter Podcast. Sure and on that note, on our headband note, uh, the 2022-23 Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Gerke. Join alongside Emma Paulus and Bradley O'Hulan. We thank you, as always, for tuning in.